nearly destroyed my car's brake pads before I ever even got my driver's license. And what I learned as a result has everything to do with why you're likely struggling to overcome negative body image. Hey, my name is Brittany Braswell, and I'm your food freedom coach. And in this episode, we're diving headfirst into everyone's favorite topic, body image. Nearly every time I ask y'all for feedback through social media, one of my coaching programs, an email poll, I hear the same thing over and over again. You wish you didn't think about your body so much and you want to see it in a more positive light. If that's you, then spend a few minutes with me today so that you can learn how to more intentionally target your body image struggles by identifying what specific type of negative body image is plaguing you most. By the end of this episode, you'll be able to identify one of the biggest barriers to body image improvement and uncover the four different types of body image that you could be struggling with so that you can finally start working more intentionally on challenging the one that's impacting you most. Welcome to the Joy-Filled Eater podcast, the show that helps you cultivate a joy-filled relationship with food, your body, and Jesus. My name is Brittany Braswell, and I'm a Christ-centered registered dietitian and eating disorder recovery coach on a mission to help you break free from the bondage of food guilt and body shame so that you can start fueling your physical, mental, and spiritual health all from a place of joy. We'll be spilling the tea on all things diet culture, even in the church. Think of this as your weekly dose of nutrition and body image real talk mixed with biblical encouragement from your Southern bestie. If you love Jesus, are sick of having negative body image, and wish food didn't feel so complicated, then welcome, friend. This show is for you. So grab your coffee, get comfy, and prepare to be challenged. This is the Joyful Eater Podcast. One of the biggest mistakes I see women making when it comes to body image is jumping headfirst into strategies that focus on body love or body positivity. Because before you can truly improve your body image, you've got to remove the barriers that have been keeping you from making that progress. Back when I was in high school, when I was just beginning to learn how to drive, I made a huge mistake that could have really gotten me into a ton of trouble. My parents had purchased my first car and I had just started learning how to drive it as a 15 year old so that I could use it when I took my driver's test. Well, being someone who loves efficiency, I naturally defaulted to using both of my feet to operate the gas and brake pedals on my champagne gold Camry. Am I the only one who's ever tried driving using two feet? So one day I'm sitting in my car after the Sunday service in a nearly empty church parking lot because as a minister's kid, we were pretty much always the last ones to leave and I go to pull forward out of the parking spot. But as I attempt to move, I hear a horribly loud noise that makes my mother, who was outside waiting at the church entrance, raise her eyebrows and give me a death stare. (laughs) Because I had been trying to drive forward, not only with my right foot on the gas pedal, but also with my left on the brakes. (laughs) And I wonder if you've maybe been trying to do the same thing when it comes to improving your body image. How much time and effort have you been putting into trying to move forward and make positive changes when all the while feeling exhausted because no matter how hard you're pressing on the gas, you're not going anywhere? 
That's why I want to help you figure out where your foot might be on the brakes and what you can start doing to move forward and drive with one foot again. Because when you can finally gain traction, not only can you improve your body image, but you can also change the way you see food and your health. So first things first, the number one barrier that I see that is keeping women from really being able to cultivate better body image is following a set of rigid food and body rules. Now, food or body rules are typically a set of self-imposed standards, and they tell you what you quote unquote should or should not be doing with your body or food. Some examples of this might be things like, I can only let myself have dessert if I've done X amount of exercise today. Or I really just need to weigh myself every day so I know things aren't getting out of control. Or maybe it's even something like this. I feel like I need to track all my food every day because I need to know those numbers. But it can be really easy to think that creating and following a set of rules will keep you safe. And that if you are good and you do what you think you're supposed to do, then you feel like you're the one in control. However, control is often an illusion, and those rules only end up creating a whole new heaviness and burden on your life. Some of those burdens are likely consequences that you incur by following those rigid body rules. Have you ever considered that? Because consequences don't only exist when you break a rule. They exist as soon as the rule is created. So ask yourself this question. Do your rules keep you from wearing certain sizes or styles or colors of clothing that you actually like and that fit your body well because you think your body doesn't deserve to wear them yet? This is why you have to start breaking the rules. You have the ability to change them. You can change the rules. You can get rid of them. But maybe they make you feel safe right now. They may make you feel safe, but really, ultimately, they're only creating a temporary false sense of security. But what if there's something better than that? David tells us in Psalm chapter 40, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Who else besides me can relate to David feeling like you are or have at some point been in a pit of destruction? Especially when it comes to body image. That's because man-made rules will never be able to provide more security than God-breathed words. So if it's true that security is possible when you break the rules, how does that happen? Short answer, by doing two things. By changing your focus and by getting really intentional. Better body image requires actually spending less time focusing on your body, not more. And as you reduce that focus and increase the way that you intentionally care for yourself and for your body, your body-related thoughts no longer have to be a constant distraction. The way I explain this to my students and clients is through my body focus and intentionality framework to help you first identify how much focus you're putting on your body and how intentional you are with the way you're caring for it. 
Now, we don't really have time or capacity to unpack this framework through a podcast, but when you do head to the show notes today, you'll find a link where you can download the framework to just kind of look it over and figure out what category you currently fall into so that you know what area of focus and intentionality needs your attention most. So let's dig on in now to the four different types of body image that you could be struggling with and what you can start doing in order to challenge them. First area is perceptual body image. This is how you actually see your body. So if you struggle with perceptual body image, then when you're looking at your reflection, you typically see an incorrect representation of what you actually look like. Okay, so so maybe you visually perceive yourself as being a different physical size or shape than you really are. Now, to help you better understand this, there was a movie that debuted in 1939 featuring a young girl named Dorothy. Anybody following me here? (laughs) Towards the beginning of the movie, we see Dorothy get knocked out in the middle of a twister and wake up in a place called Oz. While she's there, Dorothy meets a tin man, a scarecrow, and a lion who go with her in search of the great and powerful Wizard of Oz so that he can help her get back home. But when she first meets the wizard, she is terrified. He's got this big thundering voice and a green sort of ghost-like floating head, and there's billowing fire and smoke that is surrounding him. But then, towards the end of the movie, spoiler alert if you've never seen The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy and her new friends discover that the wizard is nothing more than a regular man behind a curtain. Much like Dorothy, if your perceptual body image is skewed, you're seeing something that isn't true, something that isn't even there. Having a skewed perceptual body image usually looks like engaging in behaviors like frequently checking your reflection in the mirror or taking a really long time to get ready or maybe trying on every outfit in your closet before leaving your house. This kind of issue can be really dangerous and often is one of the biggest driving factors that leads to disordered behaviors like restricting and exercise abuse. So that is the first type of body image, perceptual. The next type we're going to look at is affective body image. And this is really looking at the way that you feel about your body. Okay, so perceptual was about how you see your body. Affective is how you feel about your body. So this might be a hard question or feel really uncomfortable to answer, but I want you to lean into it when I ask you, how do you feel about your body? Maybe some words immediately come to mind for you, or maybe you're not really sure how you feel. Maybe you want to feel one way, but if you're honest with yourself, you doubt if it's possible to feel any differently. Does that concept of feeling better about your body seem like a near impossibility? If it does, I want to encourage and challenge you today by making sure that you know that our feelings lie to us. Okay, if you're sitting there thinking, but Brittany, they feel so true. How do I know when my feelings are lying to me? Great question. I would love to tell you. It really comes down to determining where our feelings are coming from and who's influencing them. This is going to come back to, are you hearing the voice of Jesus or are you listening to the voice of the enemy or even the world around us? Whose narrative are you going to believe? You have to decide this. And you probably want to say Jesus's voice, but in order to actually buy in and follow it, 
you have to know what both Jesus and the enemy's voice sounds like. So let's just start with Jesus. This is usually for most people, they can say, okay, I recognize this more. Okay. But Jesus's voice brings conviction, comfort, and clarity. So everything he promises either has or will come to fruition because he only speaks truth. Now, there's a professor by the name of Peter Stoner, and he was the chairman of the departments of both mathematics and astronomy at Pasadena City College, and he was a chairman of the science division at Westmont College. And in his book, Science Speaks, Professor Stoner outlines the mathematical probability of just one person in the first century fulfilling just eight of the most clear and straightforward prophecies about the Messiah. Dr. Stoner found that the chance that any man might have lived down to the present time, so in Jesus' day, and fulfilled all eight prophecies is one in 10 to the 17th power. Now, I know that's a huge number, so to help you conceptualize that, that would be like covering the entire state of Texas in silver dollar coins piled two feet high, and then marking one of them with a red dot, throwing it out, stirring them all up, all those silver dollars, and then asking some person to like randomly drive to a spot anywhere across the state, close their eyes, reach into the pile, pick one up, and expect to choose the one with the red dot. Wow. Bottom line here is Jesus is the only person that can and should be fully trusted. So what about Satan? What does he sound like? His voice sounds quite different, but that doesn't mean that it's easy to recognize because his voice prompts chaos, confusion, and control. John chapter 8 verse 44 is probably a verse that a lot of us have heard, but it tells us very plainly that Satan is the father of lies. Now, he has a very consistent track record of leading people down a path of destruction. However, one Sunday morning, a pastor was preaching and, um, and he pointed out something new about this verse that I had never really focused in on before. And I want to share it with you because it has the potential to change everything about the way you respond to your thoughts. The verse doesn't only say that the devil is the father of lies. Let's back it up a sentence, still in verse 44, and look at what it says. We read, He, talking about Satan, was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Did you catch that last part? There is no truth in him. That doesn't just mean that he doesn't tell the truth. It means he can't tell the truth. So whatever he's saying to you about you, it means the opposite has to be true. So instead of accepting his lies and sitting in sorrow, you get to jump for joy. Whenever he says that your body isn't good enough, it means that it's invaluable. When he says that you're inadequate, it means that you're capable. When he says you'll always be alone, it means Jesus never left you for a second. And when he tells you that you'll never recover from negative body image, it means that change is just around the corner. I hope that impacts you the way it did me. If you need to go back 30 seconds or a minute and listen to that again, please let it sink in. Okay. Your body image journey is not over yet. Change is absolutely around the corner if you let it. All right, let's go on to body image type number three, and this is cognitive body image. Okay. So this is looking specifically at the way you think 
about your body. Now, if you struggle with negative cognitive body image, you likely spend a lot of time preoccupied with thoughts that are surrounding your body weight or shape. But these thoughts can be a distraction and they won't lead you any closer to the life-giving calling and purpose that Jesus has placed on your life. Now, a few weeks ago, I spent seven days in our county courthouse. (laughs) I was summoned to serve as a juror for a medical malpractice case, and I was the only healthcare provider selected for this trial. So as you can probably imagine, I was feeling the frustrations of having to essentially cancel my work life for nearly a week and a half of business work days, and I wasn't able to drop my kids off or pick them up from school. But after about three days, I decided that it was time to just suck it up, make the best of an otherwise aggravating situation, and figure out how to deal with it. So I started listening really closely and intentionally to what was happening in court. Not just to the evidence, but to how both the plaintiffs and the defendant's counsel presented their cases. And it became evident to me really quickly that the lawyers for the defendant were very well prepared, organized, and laser-focused on clearly laying out their case based on the specific allegations being made. The prosecution lawyers, on the other hand, were throwing out as much evidence as they could grasp at to really give the jury to to try to make us focus on the chain of events that happened after the particular allegation was made. So this the physician's role, this was against the physician, and the physician's role was finished, and they were throwing out all this evidence saying, okay, but here's what happened after. Okay, so they were doing this over and over again, trying to prove a point that had already been very clearly argued by the defense. And something I noticed was that the majority of their evidence was completely irrelevant to the charges at hand. Unfortunately, one juror got distracted by the misleading information presented by the plaintiff's counsel. So it took us, as a jury, an extra day of discussion and 11 jurors explaining the actual question at hand that we were supposed to be deciding on in order for the final member of the jury to see that her one argument was a totally moot point, something irrelevant to the issue at hand altogether. She let the distractions from the plaintiff's lawyers keep her from seeing what really mattered. So my question for you here now is this. Are you seeing past the enemy's lies about your body that are meant to keep you distracted from your purpose? Or are you laser focused on the prize? Paul tells us in Philippians chapter 4 verses 8 and 9, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Now, these verses follow another passage that's probably familiar to a lot of you. If you back up to verses 6 and 7, those are the verses that talk about do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God in the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, peace is the promise in both of these passages when we surrender our thoughts to Christ. So as you are challenging your cognitive body image struggles, I want you to think about that. Place your heart and your your faith in the Lord and know that 
there is peace. So as you think on this and as you begin to challenge your cognitive body image, I just want to remind you that the peace of God can fill your mind. All right, um, let's wrap up with body image type number four. Now this is behavioral body image and behavioral body image is really when, when we're looking at all these other types of body image that we've gone over. All right. This is when you are dissatisfied with the way you look in some way. Okay. Whether it's how you think about it, how you feel about it or how you see your body. So because of those things, you choose to engage in certain harmful or disordered behaviors because of that satisfaction. Okay, so essentially this type is, this is now the actions or behaviors that are resulting because of one of these other, one or more of these other types. So behaviors can include things like isolation, self-harm, restriction, exercise abuse or avoidance, body checking, the list could go on. So the million dollar question I get asked as an eating disorder recovery and body image coach And likely the question you may even be asking yourself right now is, how do I change my behaviors and make them stick? And my answer here is always the same. And it's this. When you change your beliefs, you change your behavior. You can know all the facts there are to know about nutrition, about your body, whatever it might be. And in fact, I'd be willing to bet money that if I passed you this mic right now, you could probably recite the nutrition facts label information from several foods in your pantry. But knowledge does not create change. Knowledge leads to conclusions. Emotion leads to actions. In Genesis chapter 6, we read about this um, in the epic story of a man named Noah. God told Noah to build a huge boat in the middle of a dry land, and he gave him instructions on how to construct it and who was to board it. Now, I can only imagine the look on Noah's face and probably on his wife's when the Lord told him that he would essentially be building a floating zoo. (laughs) But Noah had no experience to pull from. He had never been on an ark, let alone built one. He didn't have any close friends or family who had ever seen a flood that we know of to ask them how they prepared for it or what they came up against during the construction process. And he didn't fully know what to expect. Now, to be totally transparent here, I'm not sure I would have been all in on this plan because I love plans. I love to know how to prepare. I like to know what to expect when it's possible. And I love knowing the nitty gritty details of things. So naturally, checklists are my love language. (laughs) But Noah didn't have that. And instead of making his decision about whether or not he was going to choose to follow God's direction based on his own knowledge or understanding, he did the thing that most people are too afraid to do. He built a boat and had faith that the rain would come. And he did it because of his convictions, because of his strong faith and belief in God, not because he knew he should or because he thought it was a good idea. One of the most terrifying parts of your body image journey is going to involve taking meaningful but unpredictable action. We don't take meaningful action because we know what to do. We take it when we have conviction, when we're sure of why we're doing it. Look at Martin Luther King Jr., He told the world, I have a dream, not I have a plan. (laughs) And this led to massive shifts in the civil rights movement. Simon Sinek said it another way. He said, what you do proves what you believe. So I want to ask you this final question. What do your actions say about what you believe? And think about 
What do your actions say specifically about what you believe to be true about your body? Now, I know this is a lot to take in in one episode, so let's just do a quick recap to summarize what you've learned today. You learned that following a set of rigid food and body rules is one of the biggest barriers to overcoming negative body image. And then we looked at the four types of body image to help you discern which ones you may be struggling with right now. Those included perceptual, that's the way you see your body, affective, the way you feel about your body, cognitive, the way that you think about your body, and behavioral, the actions or behaviors you engage in because of some level of body dissatisfaction. So moving forward, as we wrap up this conversation, I want to give you some next steps so that you can take what you've learned today and make it something that's meaningful for you, that you can apply and that you can start using in your own journey to better body image. So the first thing I want you to do is go back to that first barrier of those strict food and body rules. And I want you to identify your own personal rules when it comes to the way that you use or see or relate to food in your body. Then I want you to seek out a trusted friend, family member, or even a clinical provider to help you start challenging your beliefs so that you can create new recovery focused beliefs and behaviors. And then lastly, pray and ask the Lord for discernment about who specifically you can reach out to for accountability in moving forward on your path to better body image. Accountability is so incredibly crucial in this process. You can't operate off support alone. And accountability is found within a community of people who understand and are willing to speak truth over you in love. Effective accountability requires both grace and truth. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, I heard Pastor Jimmy Evans say one time that truth without grace is mean and grace without truth is meaningless. And I love this because Giving someone truth without grace by saying, hey, I notice you're engaging in these behaviors and this is really bad and here's what I'm noticing and this needs to change. That can come off really harsh and and mean, right? But maybe there's some truth to it, right? That, hey, I'm seeing these destructive things you're doing. But the other side of that is grace. You can't only have the grace side of things to say, hey, you're doing great. You know, I'm here to support you because that grace without the truth is meaningless. So you have to have people to come alongside you that are true um, accountability community people (laughs) that you can put some trust in so that you will allow them to speak both that grace and truth over you. And when you choose to really intentionally get someone in your corner who will not only support you and cheer you on, but who will also push you and hold you accountable that's when you can start seeing real lasting growth and body image change. Now, if you want to learn more about the four types of body image and start getting some practical tools for combating each type, then I'd love to invite you to join me inside Beyond Your Body. This is my own biblical body image course that I created to help equip you with the knowledge, mindset, and practical strategies that you need in order to start improving the way that you see and relate to your body especially to be able to see it as something that's good right now and that's worthy of care. 
thank you again so much for spending your valuable time with me today. And don't forget to head to the show notes to grab all the resources mentioned in today's episode. And if you loved it, it would mean the world to me if you would head over to leave us a rating or view, and then be sure to subscribe and follow the show so you don't miss an episode. Until next week, friend, may you be filled with joy and abound in hope. Odds are, if you're hearing my voice right now, you might be a Christian woman who feels like food and nutrition are too complicated and that you'll have to struggle with negative body image for the rest of your life. And this podcast is here to help with that. On this show, I'm going to be sharing everything I know and continue to learn about how to cultivate a joy-filled and peaceful relationship with food in your body. But let's face it, it would take me years to share that kind of knowledge and strategy with you here through our free weekly episodes. And the thing is, food freedom can be a really isolating process when you try to go it alone. So if you've been wanting to add some fuel to the fire on your path to food and body peace so that you can start seeing more confidence and improved physical and mental health now, I invite you to consider joining the Joyfield Eater Live. This is the high-touch coaching program that I've created to educate and coach Christian women like you, and it's how dozens of women have stopped hating their bodies or looking to the scale for validation. Through this program, you'll get the blueprint and step-by-step process that you need to reach your food and body freedom goals, along with the accountability required to light a fire under you to implement what you've been learning and take some much-needed action. You'll also get live coaching from me personally every single week. Plus, when you join, you get immediate access to on-demand and live bonus trainings from therapists, Christian authors and speakers, strength coaches, and others so that you can better approach your physical and mental wellness holistically. You'll also join a community of other Christian women who are already eating more intuitively and are ready to help you do the same. So yes, you can absolutely rely on the episodes of this free podcast to help you ditch diet culture and start seeing some results on your own food freedom journey. Or you can fast track your path to freedom and do it in a way that's much more enjoyable and that will help you to be full of confidence as you take your next steps. So if you're ready to commit to getting rid of food rules and not letting the scale dictate the trajectory of your day, then click the link in the show notes and fill out an application and you'll be on your way to joining the Joy-Filled Eater Live. I'll see you inside the program.